You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. He'll mix all the things that are good, the bad, and the ugly. He may push you through the press, and he may crush you, but if you'll stay sweet, if you'll stay tender, if you'll stay rejoicing and maintain an attitude of gratitude and a spirit of excellence, out of that press will come the wine of the joy of the Holy Ghost. And it not only will begin to satisfy your thirsty soul, but it'll satisfy the thirst of those around you. And the anointing will begin to flow, and God will be made magnified in your life. It's easy to find yourself in a pity party, laser beam focusing on all the difficulties and trials you face in this life. The last time you were with us, Pastor Gary began encouraging each of us to reframe our point of view. Stop focusing on the negative in your life and begin focusing on the fact that you are a son or daughter of God. The fact that when you pass on from this life, you'll spend eternity with God in heaven. Pastor Gary will continue refocusing our mindsets today. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Philippians chapter 4 as he continues his message, My state is not my status. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. One of the most popular verses of the New Testament, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. God's children say amen. I want to focus on verse 11. Where it said, not that I speak in respect of want, watch your Bible, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. If you look up the word state in the Greek dictionary, it means essentially that person, place, or thing which is relative to your current situation. I want you to think about that. You say, I'm in a lot of trouble this morning, preacher. Well, I'm preaching right at you then. And uh, you say, well, I'm doing pretty well, preacher. Well, I'm preaching right at you because he said, uh, I've learned whatsoever state I am in, whether I'm up or whether I'm down. Amen. He said, I've learned to be content. He's teaching us that contentment is not found in relative circumstances to the people, places, and things that surround your life. That you can have joy in the midst of chaos. And, and so the word content, Webster said that to be content means to be quiet. It means to not be disturbed, to have a mind that is at peace, or to be satisfied so as not to object or oppose. Boy, you show me a Christian that is at peace and satisfied and does not object or oppose even in the midst of Job-like trials, and I'll show you a mature Christian. I'll show you a Christian that understands what Paul was talking about when he said, I have learned whatsoever state I am in therewith to be content. Amen. So this morning, my assignment is to preach on my state is not my status. Amen. 
I know you might see me in trouble from time to time. I may be perplexed from time to time. I may be cast down. I'll get into all this more in just a few moments. My point is this. Uh, my state, my uh, circumstances uh, that are relevant to the people, places, and things around me that define to some degree the obstacles that I'm having to fight through, those do not adequately represent my status with God. Are you getting my point? If you do, say amen. My state is not my status. For First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6 said, Godliness with contentment is great gain. I'm glad that even if it looks like I'm at a deficit in this old world, that because I have Jesus in my heart, I have great gain. Can you say amen, church? Hallelujah. Let's look at it. Three things and I'm done. Number one, I want to look at the parameters of our text. Look at verse 4. It sets the parameters. It says, Rejoice in the Lord. What? Always. <laughs> and again, I say, in case uh, some of those in the back couldn't hear it, amen. Again, I say, and I believe he might have spoken a little louder as he's writing it, rejoice. Now, keep in mind the historical context of the passage that we are preaching about. Paul is, in fact, in prison. He is in bonds, and he's writing to encourage those who are still out and about enjoying their freedoms and doing the work of the Lord. Amen. And here he is uh, mustering, enough, mustering up enough uh, Holy Ghost power to overcome all the reasons why he could be throwing a pity party. And instead, he's speaking forth blessing from his own prison cell and trying to encourage others when he himself should be being encouraged. I love this fact that Paul truly is living out what he is preaching and teaching to others. I, I, I've learned that our trials are not always about us. Sometimes they're about other people. You say, what you talking about, preacher? Well, let me tell you what I mean by that. Sometimes God needs other people to see you live, love and live for God under extreme pressure. They need to see that your loyalty does not lie in favorable circumstances, but your loyalty lies in the complete work of Calvary and the price that He paid for your sin. That you would be satisfied whether God did another thing for you. Amen. That you're just happy that your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Uh, and you don't need to be paid and you don't need to be patted on the back you don't need to be recognized you don't need to be shouted out and given a limelight uh, in order to appreciate or value what God's doing uh, and in order for you to serve the King of Kings and Lord of Lords Amen and God gives us the parameters by which to operate these parameters are that we are to rejoice in the Lord always in other words uh, God is not giving us permission under any circumstances whatsoever related to people, places, or things that give us trouble for us to stop rejoicing in the Lord. That He is so good to us. That He is so wonderful and He is so magnificent that our praise should never stop. Our rejoicing should never stop because He's good whether we're in a tight or not. Amen. He's good whether I'm up and He's good whether I'm down. And oh, I can rejoice with you when God does something
something big for you. And I'm excited when God blesses you real good. But I'm also interested in learning how to praise God, not when the breakthrough comes, but before it comes. Or when it looks like it may not ever come, that I can still, amen, like Job, drop ashes on my head and say, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord this morning. Somebody shout amen. I'm talking about my state uh, is not my status. Some of you come in here with the mully grubs. Uh, some of you here uh, come in here with your lip dragging the ground. Amen. Scraping up gravel as you go. Amen. Uh, and your speech is full of gravel and you're full of bitterness. Uh, and if you want to know how to get victory, you're not going to get victory by waiting on perfect circumstances because if you wait till that happens, it may never come. Uh, you're going to have to get victory deep down in your heart and in your spirit and say, I will, I will bless the Lord at all times. Uh, His praise shall continue it be in my mouth and we should never under any circumstances stop rejoicing just because we're having a bad day can I get an amen I'm talking about my state is not my status you know how it is you ask somebody how you doing and uh, that's a trick question <laughs> it really is uh, God's trying to teach me old knucklehead Gary Hall I'm hard-headed sometimes any of y'all have that problem be honest amen that when somebody asks me what I'm doing, I should respond with my status and not my state. My status is that I'm redeemed. Status is that I'm washed. My status is that I'm a king's kid. My status is I'm an heir and a joint heir with the king of kings and lord of lords. Uh, so if you want to know how I'm doing, I have no business telling you about my state. Uh, I need to be telling you about my status because uh, the state will change. Uh, but my status never will because it's sealed, uh, signed, and delivered, and paid for permanently by the blood of Jesus. Uh, and there ain't nothing this world can do to take it away. Amen. We got to quit talking about our problems and start talking about our Savior. We got to start talking about, stop talking about how big our mountains are and start talking about how big our God is. Amen. We're going to have to quit looking at our circumstances and our limitations and start looking at the boundless power and ability of God in heaven. Amen. Who is Jehovah Jireh is more than enough. Quit talking down on your circumstances. Start looking up to the Lord. Amen. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Oh, I'm glad to tell you that we can rejoice in any parameter. Amen. It doesn't matter the circumstance that he gives us the power to rejoice always. Somebody say amen. So we see the parameters. Secondly, I want to notice the paradox. Look at verse 12. Interesting phraseology Paul uses here. He said, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things I am what's, what's the next word instructed both to be full and to be hungry wait a minute which is it it's both <laughs> to be full I believe this is indicating our supernatural status with God through the blood of Jesus. Our spiritual status, if you will. To be hungry is 
It means uh, that's talking about your natural side, both to abound. That's your spiritual or supernatural side and to suffer need. That's your natural side. In other words, there is this paradox that seems to be contradictory to one another. But what he's talking about is two different worlds. He's talking about your natural side, which speaks of your state of existence and your spiritual side, which speaks of your status with God. And he said, it doesn't matter which side of the coin you talk about. and You can flip it, heads or tails. It don't matter. I've learned how to do both. Amen. I, I've learned how to rejoice uh, whenever I'm up. I've learned how to rejoice whenever I'm down. Uh, I've learned how to be a base and I've learned how to abound. Uh, I've learned how to fight this old flesh with the power of the Spirit of God. Uh, and I've learned how to let the Holy Spirit have His will and way in my life and do supernatural things because I've been willing to be obedient to the Lord. Paul is talking about the paradox of the controversy between our natural man and our spiritual man. I want to say it this way. Everyone has their Jacob and their Israel. Jacob, conniver, liar, trickster, was wrestling with the Lord and God... I uh, said, as a prince, hast thou found favor with God and with man and hast prevailed. So he said, I no more call thee Jacob, but Israel. So Jacob was the old man. Israel was the new man. Which one's most in charge in your life? The old man or the new man? He said, I'm learning how to abound. <laughs> he said, I, I know sometimes I'm down. But even when I'm down, I'm up. Amen. Even when I'm down, I'm up because it depends on what side you're talking about. Uh, in Jacob, uh, I'm low down, sorry, no good for nothing. I'm really good at that. He said, I've learned how to be abased. Amen. Uh, how many of you know, got that down pat? Raise your hand. Amen. But he said, I also know how to abound. Uh, he said, if I live like I know better, uh, then I can get victory through the Lord Jesus Christ and Israel can prevail in my life. Every person has their Isaac and their Ishmael. Isaac was the promised seed that God gave Abraham, and Ishmael was the manufactured seed where Abraham was trying to hurry God along, thinking he was running out of time to fix it. Amen. And sometimes our natural man gets ahead of God tries to push something through in our own energy, in our own effort, and we just make a bigger mess than anything else. Because we haven't learned, like Paul, to uh, both how to be abased and humbled and how to abound. So there is this paradox, there is this struggle, but you need to know the difference between the natural side and the spiritual side. So we see the parameters, we see the paradox, but now let's look at verse 13. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Number three, I want to talk about the power source. The power. How in the world are we going to live in victory in our spirit when our flesh has such a hard time? Well, it's called resurrection power. It's called allowing the resurrected Savior that lives inside of the believer to have His will and His way in your life. It's called dying to self so that we might live unto Christ. Amen. And he said, I can do all things through Christ. Now, I want to tell you something. As a believer, 
your best days are yet ahead. And I'm not necessarily talking about this side of heaven. But I will tell you this, that even in the midst of your turmoil, in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your trial, you can have some of the best days you've ever had if you'll learn the secret that Paul is talking about, his power source. Amen. Uh, the Bible says it is with the mind that we serve the Lord, and most of our battles are won or lost right here on what we think about and meditate on. The other day, uh, the Holy Ghost helped me. I was in a predicament. I ain't going to tell you the predicament, but I'll tell you what God did to resolve it. I was having a little pity party at Walmart standing in line for some medicine. How many of you ever have pity parties trying to do that? Amen. Uh, that wasn't my dilemma, but it just agitated the condition, if you know what I mean. And uh, all of a sudden, the Lord directed me to just read His Word off my smartphone while I was waiting in line. So I started reading the Bible, feeding my inner man instead of my natural man's way of thinking. And it didn't take long at all, Miss Jane, and the Holy Ghost come down upon me, and I had to get out of Walmart so I could have me a spell with Jesus. I'm telling you what, they ain't nothing like them, amen. Uh, all of a sudden, the power comes in from another world, uh, and now all of a sudden, uh, just a few minutes ago, I was ready to quit and throw in the towel. Now I'm ready to fight a giant because God is able to do exceedingly. You see, if we can just learn how to live in the Spirit, we'll not fulfill the lust uh, and the detriments of the flesh. This flesh will lead you wrong every time. Your weakness, if you let it, will talk you right out of doing something for God. Did you hear what I said? Your weakness, if you let it, will talk you right out of doing something for God. But when you quit leaning on your power and start leaning on the power of God, He'll give you what you need to do what He's asked you to do. Amen. I'm glad there's a power that's not my own. I'm glad uh, that the Lord, the Bible says, faithful is he who hath called thee who also will do it. I'm glad to say uh, that when I've been down, he's been faithful. When I've been hurt, he's been my healer. When I've been ready to quit, he said, come on, boy, we can go another mile together. Surely uh, if I go with you, you'll make it, won't you? And I said, oh, Lord, I believe I will. I believe I can. If you can just hold my hand for through this dark season, uh, if you just hold my hand and wipe my tears Lord I believe I can get through this I believe I can get through another night I believe I can fight another giant I believe I can take another mountain for the glory of God and just when I didn't think I had enough wind in my sail to sail another mile God sent a breeze from another world and I'm telling you this morning if you want to serve God in victory you're going to have to get victory in your spirit and quit looking at the natural man's set, uh, unique set of circumstances Woo, there's a power source that you can hook up to that just won't quit. <laughs> it just won't quit. There is something about the believer in Christ who trusts in the power of God. You may have your down days, but at some point, if you're His, you're going to get back up again. If you're His, you're going to dust, the seat, your, dust off the seat of your pants, and you're going to get back up and say, God, if God be for me, who can be against me? I, I, might, I might have buried another loved one. I might have buried another bad memory. I might have walked away from another broken relationship. But if the Lord will give me power, so help me, God, I'm not going to quit till He calls me home. Oh, He can give you that power that you need this morning to face any mountain in your life. So in conclusion, what does Romans 8, 36 and 37 say? Well, here it is. As it is written, for thy sake, whew, hallelujah, 
for Jesus' sake. Mm. We are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me read these off to you. My state is that I'm in prison, but my status is that I'm free. <laughs> my state is that I'm hungry, but my status is that I'm full. My state is that I'm weak. My status is that I'm strong. My state is that I'm, I'm sick, but my status is that I'm healed. <laughs> my state is that I'm troubled. My status is that I'm not distressed. My state is that I'm perplexed. My status is that I'm not in despair. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? Uh, my state is that I'm persecuted. Uh, my status is that I'm not forsaken. Uh, my state is that I'm cast down. Uh, but my status is that I'm not uh, destroyed. Let's start focusing on our status and quit talking about our state this morning. Amen. Paul wrote in chapter 2 of the same book, Philippians 2.17, he said, Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. Now he wrote that from a prison cell for their sake, literally living what he preached with joy. My prayer this morning is that the Lord well, please help me never again to grumble at the cost of ministry which benefit His church. Rather, let me rejoice and be joyful that my pain is someone else's gain. Whoo, hallelujah. So many of us try to avoid the cost of the cross. And we're, we're fair-weather Christians. We'll serve God as long as it's convenient, uh, as long as it benefits me uh, and helps my cause. Uh, but God, help us to abandon our causes uh, and embrace only the cause of Christ at any cost that may come to us. It is only then I'm convinced that the purest of ministry and its effects can be experienced. Listen to me. It would be a shame for the grace, rather for the grape, to go through the crushing with no wine left over with which to offer to the thirsty. And if I'm crushed, then let the end result quench the thirsty soul. And may it never be said that my crushing yielded no joy juice for the sake of my own bitterness. I don't want to be waste. I'd rather be wine. What about you? If the Lord's going to crush me, then may the Lord produce and liquidate his assets. Can somebody say amen? Uh, you say, what's God doing in my life? It feels like he's abandoning me. No, 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 no. He's just getting rid of old self. Amen. Uh, he's just making sure that there's absolutely nothing left of you so that whenever he does do something, you won't take the credit for it. Uh, if you'll just learn how to yield to the God of heaven and let him do his work in your life, he'll, work, he'll mix all the things, the good, the bad, and the ugly. He may push you through the press uh, and he may crush you, but if you'll stay 
stay sweet, if you'll stay tender, if you'll stay rejoicing and maintain an attitude of gratitude and a spirit of excellence, out of that press will come the wine of the joy of the Holy Ghost. And it not only will begin to satisfy your thirsty soul, but it'll satisfy the thirst of those around you. And the anointing will begin to flow and God will be magnified in your life. So my state may be that I'm crushed. But my status, may it be said, is this, that I'm God's wine. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Mm, when you get this kind of stuff from the Lord, uh, uh, you learn to put your Holy Ghost boxing gloves on. Amen. Uh, you learn how to say, you know what, uh, let come what may. Uh, amen. The devil didn't kill me last time. He ain't going to kill me this time. Uh, last person to run me down, talked about me, abused me, and misused me. Amen. Uh, they tried to destroy me. didn't work. And I got news for the next devil comes along, tries to destroy what God's doing in my life. Uh, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear what can man do unto me. Uh, I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Uh, and you've got the same God living inside of you if you'll just decide who your allegiances belong to. Woo, my state is not my status. Thanks for listening today to Pastor Gary's message on True North. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an addition. If you've enjoyed today's message, please leave us a note in the comments and be sure to share these teachings with others. True North is a part of Gary Cottle Ministries, and you can learn more by visiting our website, garycottle.com. Is there something we could be praying for in your life right now? Let Pastor Gary know by sending an email to contact at garycottle.com. That's contact at Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. Would you do something for us too? Would you pray for this ministry of True North? We want to make sure we're following God's plans for us at all times, with courage to step out in faith and humility to allow Him to work. Please pray that we'd stay tethered to the Lord always. Would you also pray for others who will be listening to this broadcast? Pray that God will open ears and hearts to His truth, and that many will come to know Jesus as their personal Savior. Thanks for partnering with us in this way. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for joining us for this edition of True North.